Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of History Unloaded with Ashley and Danny. And today we are... You don't know what we're doing? <laughs> I was starting to say the wrong word and I caught myself <laughs> and then the pause was way too long to say any other word. So today we're going to talk about... Oh, we're using this. <laughs> yeah, okay. we're going to talk about gun collecting in the 21st century. Um, I would also, before we get into that, would like to point out that anytime Danny screws up, he says things like, take this out, or are we using this to, like, basically destroy it so that it feels like we have to, and now every time you say it, it's staying in no matter how horrible <laughs> what you did was, is <laughs> you're not sabotaging this to make yourself look better. I'll find ways. But anyways, we're talking about new gun collecting. So we talk, you know, in the last episode, we teed up that this entire season is looking at kind of new gun owners and how what that means for a lot of different parts of firearms culture, firearms history. And so today we wanted to talk about gun collecting because it's something that people often associate with old people. Man, I feel like there's a theme going on. <laughs> Episode two, we say the same thing. Um, but it is, it's considered this kind of older uh, yeah. hobby. And so we wanted to talk about like, you know, I guess guessing whether or not people who are new gun owners would get into it. And if they're going to get into it, you know, what really makes up a collector and how do you even go about doing it? I mean, people who are new to this world in general, you know, are confused about how to just carry a firearm, let alone like getting them into like talking to some randos at gun shows. For a second, when you said people new to this world, I was not picturing just, I was picturing world at large. Like not babies? Just like yeah, little I was babies? like, babies are confused about how to collect guns. <laughs> They're just confused, okay? <laughs> babies are confused. So, Dini, in the last episode, you brought up the interesting point. You know, you wondered how many people were going to of the new, so give me a number. <laughs> how many of the 8 million? How, uh, at least three. <laughs> But uh, yeah. I brought it up because there are so many new gun owners. And one, there's a, officially, it's, uh, like it's never put two and two together as a storyline, but there's a parallel storyline from 2020 and early 2021 of during the pandemic, how many like hobbyist things sort of sneaky took off. So various types of collecting, uh, whether it was uh, baseball cards or- um, Toilet paper. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> that gets into the next part of this episode, which is what's a collector and what's a hoarder. Yeah, that's true. Um, but like various hobbies like have taken off and- Sourdough bread. I, I mean, I was there. I was <laughs> trying were... to make some sourdough, <laughs> dry biscuits. I don't have sourdough anymore. <laughs> it died. Um, but all these various hobbies took off. Collecting was one of them in all different fields. And sh if it's- if collecting is taking off for virtually every other type of material good, would it not then also have some impact in the firearms world? And additionally, with all the new owners in firearms, wouldn't that, you know, also offer a bump to collecting? So there's like these two things that I see as potential influences. So now I'm just going to take the opposite because it made me think of this one thing of like, yeah, there's so many new gun owners. Well, then what's the problem? Oh, wait, we have no guns and ammo. <laughs> so does it then <laughs> impede collecting? Or are they now um, unintentionally becoming gun collectors because they have to buy used They're, guns? <laughs> they have to buy super obscure things. <laughs> yeah. Like the stuff that's going to be a total collectible in 10 or 20 years. They have to buy it now because that's the only thing available. Yeah, or they're like, okay, the only thing I can find is a Colt 1917. Like, let's go, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> 
Let me let me buy a Mauser 7184 for home protection. I think this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. So I guess it could have the opposite effect. But I think you're I think you are right at its core. I mean, people are bored. And yeah, people were stuck at home, kind of bored, like getting interested in different things. And so, you know, you're bored. You want to become a firearms owner. And now you're like, OK, now I'm going to watch all these things. And I'm going to be like, oh, my God, here's History Unloaded. These guys are awesome. <laughs> I want to be just like them. <laughs> just like them. But it's true. I mean, when you are bored and you're at home, you can want to do this. Although the, the more difficult part of this is that you know, a lot of times you do have to be in person. Um, right. It's, it's to, harder to do from afar. Especially if you're uh, getting to a collecting level where you're actually like examining markings and that kind of thing, which like, normally people don't you know, get into that world. But it it's it's possible, like on GunBroker uh, or other sites, you know. But then you still have to go and pick it up at an FFL. Right. And fortunately for you know, fortunately for gun collectors, gun shops were were an essential business, so they were still open. But it was it's difficult to really get into the nitty gritty of collecting historic items. So I think for the most part, you're probably assuming people are going to collect books on the subject matter first, which is what we. What we recommend, sorry, I hiccuped. <laughs> what, we well, rec- what we recommend all the time um, to people is collect books so that you get the knowledge that when you're, you're at a gun show, you're not totally but scammed. How often do people actually start with the books and the knowledge? I would imagine during the pandemic, probably a bigger percentage. Probably a bigger percentage. I still don't think it was huge because most people. They may, have, they may have needed it for toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> they may have been used for other means or reasons. But like it takes a few objects usually to get because here's where we'll get into the discussion of like what's a hoarder what's a collector um but it takes a few things before you're really aware that there are even books out there to increase your knowledge on a subject i at least i think no, maybe I that's more accessible now with the internet but yeah i feel like you just found gun jesus and he told you everything you needed to know <laughs> are you referring to me specifically or our listeners Ian McCollum. no oh. <laughs> no I knew you meant that. <laughs> meant who found him. No, who found him? Everybody. Everybody. Okay. <laughs> People. <laughs> they can't, kind of can't come to Jesus more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on because we clearly, the answer is we don't know. Clearly we don't know what we're talking about. But we hope. That people get interested in preserving history. So let's go into collecting and hoarding. Danny has a meme and we're going to. We now like to do a dramatic reading of a meme. Okay, which one do you want me to be? Uh, I'll ask the questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you want to not do that? I, I want to ask the question. Oh, you ask the question. Okay. How many guns should a normal person have? About five. That sounds like a gun enthusiast to me. No, a gun enthusiast has 15. That sounds like someone obsessed with guns. No, people obsessed with guns have hundreds. That sounds like a psycho. No, psychos seldom own guns or just get one or two. That sounds like just a normal person, though. No, a normal person has about five. We've already covered that. The end. Scene. <laughs> Scene. Uh, so we're getting applause from our. Producer. I guess you know this this part of the episode is actually far more relevant because of hoarding during the pandemic. Right. So yeah. It would be important to let people know that there is a difference between the Come toilet on. paper that fills up your entire garage and the ammo that fills up your entire garage. Actually, at no, some that's point, the same thing. at some point, though, the ammo thing, I think it becomes the same because I've heard of some really, really crazy ones. Like during this whole time, I've heard of someone that has like a quarter of a million primers stashed. 
like to reload. You know, and that's something like don't even give away that guy's like name because no, I'm not he's getting to, robbed. I'm not going to do that on air, but I, I thought I, you said like I thought you were about to say somebody's name like Eric or something. <laughs> I can't even make up a name right now. His name Eric. <laughs> no, his name is, I don't even know the guy's name. I just know of some, I've heard his story, I should say. Oh, It's, it's oh. hearsay. So Fudlore. Yes, this is Fudlore. This is not how you should go about your collecting knowledge. <laughs> no, okay. But like, it, and I've heard of lesser cases where it's like in the tens of thousands, but. Though, <laughs> lesser cases, like the tens of thousands. <laughs> but at some point there are, you know, like a competition shooter who is performing at a high level that needs to practice a lot and loads their own, probably is loading something like, the, you know, five figures a year to yeah. shoot. At some point, though, some of these guys are out there just hoarding these and they're keeping more primers than they are ever going to load in their lifetime. Yeah. But like that became a thing during the pandemic was there's this push to collecting that we talked about, but there is a push to hoarding because everything's in short supply. So you feel this pressure. So then when you get ammo in stock, you buy it. So, so when does that become a stockpile? I have no idea. Yeah, that's a confusing one. But but no, you're right. And I think that the main difference between hoarding and collecting is if you're gonna like the biggest, biggest idea is that collecting primarily has a focus. Right, the focus think, can change over the years, but like you genuinely, genuinely are like, all right, I generally was the word I was trying to say, and I was just going to try to make it work, but it didn't. Um, you can be like, I really like the Civil War, so I collect. So like, even if you don't know that, like, you want to collect ultimately like rifle muskets, you know, you you start with I like the Civil War, so I'm going to collect things in the Civil War, and then it may go into more and more precise, you know types of things from that time period or you may like 20 years later go and I also dabble in three other random things but there's a focus to a collection and I I would even go a little bit further than that and say it's you know I'm not going to put a number on like what is just some guns you own and a collection or a hoarding stockpile but it it's it's more about the intention and that what you said the focus of it and are you collecting you know Civil War muskets to enjoy the variety, the history behind them, or are you collecting piles of them because you think they will be the best weapon for the next apocalypse? Yeah, they're making a comeback, right? <laughs> right they're making black powder muzzle loaders, single shots are making a comeback. Hashtag making a comeback. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. And so if you are someone that's new to the gun world, I mean, it was probably like I, I, when I was a new gun owner, I. I guess I just went, I, guess, I don't even know how I went about getting my first gun, to be perfectly honest. My first gun was an old gun. So, like, it was a non-functional, like, old-timey gun that I glued back together. I think don't you're, do that at home. Uh, so, when I got into guns, like, modern guns and learning to shoot modern guns, I was already kind of a part of understanding firearms, history of firearms culture. So, I, like, I, I don't know what it would be like to go and, like, even just do the research to get a self-defense gun. But then, see, I was the opposite, is the first guns that I had were, like, the guns we used around the farm. Mm. And then only later was it, like, an interest in historical piece. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't jump into, like, I should have probably had a better knowledge base, but I didn't jump into getting books. I was just like, that one's kind of old and interesting. <laughs> well, I'm going to get it. <laughs> well, when you're hanging around on the farm. Shooting guns. I don't even know what accent that was. A thumb. <laughs> it was a combination of foreign and redneck. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, so like if you're a new gun owner, I guess to some extent you've done at least enough research to know that you want a firearm and that there are right. laws. And there are laws. And you probably right. learned for the first time ever that you can't just buy a gun online. <laughs> and that they actually can cost a considerable amount of money. Yeah. Um, but so you've actually done enough, like a little bit of research to right. begin with, probably more so than a lot of people because during the pandemic, you know, you weren't necessarily just walking into a gun shop and talking to Billy Bob. And I will say... Like Billy Bob's not always that I mean, like open to helping, you know, everyone. There is that. And I mean it's true for like just buying a first gun, like like a practical firearm and going into a gun shop and sort of getting the cold shoulder, whether it's just because they were overwhelmed this last year, or as most gun owners will identify with, like we've all been in gun shops where they just did not seem to want to help anybody, regardless of who you were. Been there, done that. Oh yeah. Um or whether you're getting it, whether you bought a first gun, decided that you actually enjoy shooting, you like the hobby, you're learning history, want to buy something that's maybe a little more collectible. And then you run into like the whole question of the dealers that are willing to just know, maybe not knowing, but dealers willing to just spin you a yarn and sell you something that's probably really not that great. Yeah. Um, so, Danny, what yes. are some tips for people who... What, Camila? Just your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny. I don't even what, know. What are some tips? <laughs> I go with your faces. Like, we had the Valley Girl phase when I was watching Shit's Creek. I don't know what this one is, but I keep... <laughs> are you watching Downton Abbey a lot? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> so, Danny. <laughs> That's not even a good Downton Abbey. <laughs> Uh, I'm not even like I'm not gonna do it. This is embarrassing. Like, Danny's not gonna do his pirate. <laughs> <laughs> the pirate was a one-time thing. It wasn't a pirate. What was that? Do you, do you remember? I do. It was for one of uh, for an episode. I don't remember. Maybe our listeners. But it wasn't. A, it wasn't a pirate. He didn't end up no, doing the pirate. No, he didn't end up. He ended up he doing ended, something else. It was a story. It was um, what he thought. It was what he thought. Like someone in the 1800s would like say about something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it was. <laughs> it was so funny. So I think you have to do a pirate impression. Horror. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> that was just. There was no effort. Like I at least tried. Okay. I'll I'll Not get there. Why. I'll get All there. All right. So, anyways, Danny, what are some tips <laughs> for people <laughs> collecting blunderbusses? Let's collecting blunderby. Blunderby. Um, don't call them blunderby. People yeah, look please. at you weird. No, no. Do call them blunderby. We're making it a thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's going to be a thing. It's happening. Um, so, what we say around the museum, or at least what you say so eloquently on our art of collecting video, is to collect knowledge. Um, so, just like you might. Uh, do some research before any, buying a practical firearm or a target gun. You you know want to do a little bit of research about the collectible thing you're interested in, or you know as Ashley mentioned earlier the 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 topic you're interested in. So if you think you might be interested in Civil War history and you want to get a gun to go along with that, like learn a little bit about what they carried and what would be a good representative piece, and then learn a little bit about that firearm before going out and instead of buying a good, you know, original 61 Springfield, you buy the one that's chopped up and the stock is rotted away or whatever just because it's old and looks old. Are you, are you talking about me? No. <laughs> is that what you bought? I didn't buy it. It was given to me. Oh. Was it a 61 Springfield? <laughs> I think I said I bought it earlier in the episode, but yeah, it was yeah. 
Um, and it was in somebody's wall as a kid. And they took it apart and they couldn't get back together. It was a big old crack. And so I uh, worked with a museum curator to reassemble it with Gorilla Glue. I mean, in some ways... You no, know, it worked. I mean, like, it looks cool, but, like, don't fire it. Well, I mean, in some ways, diving in is not the worst, but know that you're going to have, probably have a couple expensive lessons along the way. Oh, for sure. Well, and the other thing, you know, to tie into the first episode that we talked about, you know, new gun owners, you don't have to, like, ascribe to an entire way of life when you own a firearm. Like, you don't have to, like be one political party. That doesn't have to be your identity like, yeah, is that you, you collect old muskets. Yeah, you don't have to. But like, but by saying that, like, when you get into this world, you'll see that, like, there are collectors groups that, like, focus in very traditional things. And I'm not getting, our next episode will really focus on, the like, what's collectible today. But, like, collect what you like. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't have to be, like, now that you're, now that you're a gun owner, know that you don't have to be anything anybody's telling you you need to be. Um, and, and the same goes for collecting. If you find firearms interesting and you're like, all right, I want to know more and there's something that you think is really cool, like don't worry about whether or not people also want to collect it. Um, the only thing I would think is important in that research is um, if it is something that other people want to collect, making sure you understand the price points of it so you're right. not you know, getting getting taken for a ride. But I mean, don't feel like you have to you know, oh, now I have to be a Winchester collector, like snooze. Sorry. Right. You don't have to jump to. <laughs> Sorry, like, Wacka. <laughs> you don't have to jump to the top of the heap for collecting like immediately. And yeah, that's that's probably the best advice is don't just feel like, oh, you know, old military firearms are really those are collectible or those are historic or whatever. Like if you want to collect Lorsons, like you do you, man. Collect, or 3D, collect 3D printed guns. Or yeah, collect 3D printed things. Like, Is it a collection if you also make it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that would be a collection of things. <laughs> yes, Camila. Is it a collection if you're um, collecting like fake like guns that are, no. Yes, that would be, I, no. I see where I, you're going I wanted and to I would see, call no, that I wanted yes. to keep, I wanted her to finish her sentence. <laughs> but yes, it's a collection, but I want you to finish your sentence. I mean, like, so like growing up, my brother, like we would go to Civil War reenactments and, you know, you can go like to a store and there'd be like a gun, but it wasn't real. It was like a fake gun. Like a that, like, gun collection? Yeah, that was like an old pistol or something. You probably end up going to more toy collecting shows than gun shows, but yes. So it's a toy. I, I think but it's still be, it's still a collection. Yeah, it's still a collection. But would it be a gun collection? Well, it would mm, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, if something is made before 1898, is it a firearms should collection? Should you should you just like ask me some rapid fire? Is it a collection questions? I think we should, but I also want to tell a little anecdote about me at Gettysburg a long time ago. Let's hear it. All right. So you're talking about going to the gift shop. It was my ex boyfriend. He's a good friend of mine still today. We were going together. We were dating at the time, and uh, we were in, <laughs> we were in the gift shop. And this little boy started talking to me. Like I don't know. I guess I just have a face where children are like, "I know you don't like me," so I'm like, "I'm just gonna like make you my <laughs> friend." So I'm like looking at stuff, and um, and he's like, "Wow!" And he sees this little musket ball, you know, thing. I don't know if it was like something, but it was a musket ball. And he was like, "This is so cool." And I'm like, "Well, you know, they weren't really using round musket balls by this point, so it's pretty historically inaccurate." <laughs> <laughs> and they just walked away. And my boyfriend at the time was like, "What is 
wrong with you? Like that kid was so into it and you just ruined him. So um, I guess like I might be one of those people that's scared. <laughs> you might scare be the new, person in I won't new scare, collecting. Yeah, I said boy. I won't scare new gun owners, but I'll scare new gun collectors. You'll just scar potential future hobbyists like, from like, ever doing it. A little kid be like runs back to his mom crying, Mom, she says that they use conically shaped projectiles during the Civil War. <laughs> and there would have been round balls at Gettysburg still. Yeah, but like whatever. That's whatever. I was like new to study, okay? Like I, also, I knew I knew everything and I knew nothing at the same time. Right. I was in college. It was that level yeah, it was the college level of knowledge where you've learned a little and then you think you know everything and you haven't realized that you don't know everything yet. Preach. Preach. Um <laughs> so I also, while you were telling that story, you said we were going together like you were going to the show together. And I heard like the old school we were dating, like we're going together. We were steady. So take that for what it's worth. Weird. So rapid fire, what are, ask me what would be a collection. Are the keys on my employee ID a collection? No. Are the potato chips in my bag a collection? That's not where I thought this game was going. <laughs> I... Are they? No. Okay. They're not a collection. Is the various distinct types of bags, if assembled together, would be a collection. Accurate, accurate. Um, are our firearms lapel pins, or is that a firearms collection? Firearms lapel pins? Yeah, you know, little lapels with little pictures of a little firearm shape. I wouldn't call it a firearms collection. Well, I, you know, and I guess that the point of it is I might not have been listening enough when we started this because, like, anything I say can be a collection if I, right. anything... if I wish it. So you don't know what's in my brain. Like, I strategically filled out paperwork for 10 years to get these keys. <laughs> and now you have assembled them all together. I have assembled them. Arranged in so order. So I guess it was more important to go back to what's a firearms collection. <laughs> Well, and this is probably going too far, so we'll spoil the next episode if, like, I really go down this rabbit hole. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But I think... You're doing it. <laughs> more, I think more broadly than what has traditionally been considered a gun collection could be a gun... Like, I'm talking about even a few guns assembled for a distinct purpose could be a gun collection, and even relatively modern guns can be a gun collection. Yes. Yeah. They can. And... You know, like I said, if you want to collect Lorsons, like there are distinct variants, like go out there and find them. Get all of the. And nobody's written a book on them yet, so you could be the one. Yeah. You'd be new a Lorson guy. We're going to talk about new scholarship in a few episodes. It could be you. Yeah. All right. I think this has gone on long enough. So <laughs> we'll stop tormenting you. So we'll stop tormenting you. Um, in the next episode, we're going to actually continue this conversation with the keeper of arms and artillery from the Royal Armory, Jonathan Ferguson. And we're going to talk more about not necessarily about the process and what is a collection, what's not a collection, but what is considered collectible today and what are weird things throughout history that have kind of popped up as being super collectible. And then they kind of like, even though they're not historically accurate or anything that happened in history, why people continue to collect them yeah it doesn't have to be that's the answer that i was looking for from camila was it does not have to be actually accurate to be collectible yes i'm glad that you were really excited by our answer the end thank you danny and oh, ashley camila. <laughs> camila say bye 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 see y'all Next week on History Unloaded, we're going to talk about gun collecting in the 21st century and whether or not new gun owners even want to hear about that. Make sure to check it out on all your favorite podcast platforms.